Yes, sir. Welcome back to another Trapper Dive podcast. I'm your host, Molly Maul, Coach Maul, Hendog Maul, all that good stuff, man. Uh, AJ and Dre is on the way. We got a guest that just popped in, man. You know, we're going to make sure he gets situated while I do the administrative items right quick. Um, But yeah, appreciate everybody who's tapping in live. Who is this? Uh, what's going on, big dog? I see you, HTTC. Uh, appreciate you checking in. Um, if you are just following Trapper Dive, man, make sure you hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. Um, if you are on the audio side, man, and uh, it's your first time listening to the game, man, and you enjoy the content, make sure you hit that. Oh, my bad, Dakota. Make sure you hit that follow button. Uh, make sure you give us a rating and review if you haven't done so already. Shows your support, man. It takes two seconds to do it. Um, so we definitely appreciate that. Monty, Will, what's going on? I see y'all. Um, let's go ahead and get the fellas in here. Uh, Dre is back here. And now, hey, oh, hey, what that? Hey, that boy, hey, bro, that boy Nail clean, man. That boy Nail clean. Man, he about to go out on the scene tonight. I already hey, know it's like time. Come on, man, look, hey, hey, what loud you about to hit, Oh, okay. Hold on, what that? I, I'm that getting, dog, keeping it professional. And that, nah, bro, hold on. Let me put you on the solo layout right quick. Like, I got, the, I, I got to make sure the people see you right quick. Hold on, there you go. Here you go. Hold on, hold on. Here you go. Put put nail on the solo layout hey. right quick, man. Solo, oh, man. take a shot for the game. Right? I got, hey, look. hey, look, hold on. Let me let me show myself right quick so I can so so, so everybody can see what's going on. Hey, I got the I got the Drake on hand, bro. Let's take a shot for let's take a shot for your boy Nail, bro. For those hey. who don't know, I feel, like, I feel like I'm at the cloakroom. Hey, it's it's, it's Nail B Day, bro. And and, and I, I want to make sure that we taking are we, on, are we taking a shot together, fellas? Hey, what's up, bro? I'm here. What's up? Here, let, me, let me get a shot pulled real drinking. quick. I'm not taking a shot with you a while. <laughs> I was like, Nail again, set up. But while we do that, man, look, man, happy B day to the to the man, oh, Nail, bro. Uh, <clears throat> I met Nail probably like what two years ago, something like that. One or two yes, years sir. ago. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, and and, and Nail, oh! bro. Like, that since I since I got to know, bro. Like I I, I tell him all the time, bro. Like I'm I'm proud I'm proud of the young. The youngest in the the head of the youngest in charge movement, um, doing big things in 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 in, in media in the DMV right now, bro. Like it's it's a big deal for, for somebody his age, uh, given that we don't have that type of representation, man. He hold that shit down. So, uh, hell with all the haters, bro. You gonna have haters the more the, the, the bigger you get out there, the more you get out there, bro. So salute to you, man. Yes, sir. I, hey, look, I appreciate boy now, I have bro. it on my big day, man. Already, yes, bro. Let's go ahead and take that shot, though. Uh huh. Hey, <laughs> you said what? Woo! You said you I ain't gonna lie to you. I ain't that over with. Yeah, I ain't know you was gonna bring the drink on, so I mixed. I, I had a little ginger ale on my side. I ain't, I ain't no bitch. I told you I had. I told you I had to be here for y'all, man. This is my favorite podcast to join. 
Hey, man, I love to hear. Nell, Nell having a party over there. Man, look, we got some good drinks going on. We having a good time. Yeah, we about to talk ball for a second. Yeah, let's talk ball for a second, man. AJ, just check. There, what's going on with you, player? Hey, man, I didn't. Came on here, and all right. What's up, Shawty? <laughs> <laughs> looking like he going to a Tyler Perry Castle call. <laughs> <laughs> hey, nah, that looks like a little. That's a little lounge vibe, bro. I, I, yeah, I we're cool. With we're it. cool. All right, man. That's what's up, though. Hey, so matter of fact, let's go ahead and get the before we get too turned up, bro. Let's make sure we get his sober thoughts in for a second, man. Um, <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm already there, man. Look. Uh, I'm hey, the same hey. way, sober on sober, man. Fuck it, then let's get it. Um, fellas, uh, so look, last time there we talked to you, bro. Um, what last time I talked to you, it was heading into the Patriots game, and one of your biggest things was saying how heading into the Patriots game was the fact that uh, you was like that was probably going to be one of your bigger tests for Sam, right? For sure. And obviously, it's two weeks that's passed. I didn't exactly follow up against the after the Patriots game. I wanted to see more personally, so I wasn't going to ask you. But we got you on the show today. Two weeks of class, he played the Patriots, he played Seattle. Um, Where is your standing now? Matter of fact, let the people know. What yeah. was your standing before the Patriots game? And then two weeks later, where are you at right now as, the, as time moves on? So I was on the record saying last week leading up to the Patriots game is probably the most important week of his career the opportunity to stack together back-to-back good performances for the first time in his career is huge. Obviously, we know Bill Belichick's track record versus young quarterbacks, and I thought he came out and proved himself well. I said it on the postgame show with Doc. He took three sacks versus the Patriots. One of them is because he slides at the line of scrimmage. If that was a month ago before that game, he'd probably take six, seven sacks in that game. So the one thing I've noticed within the last two weeks is his internal clock continuing to speed up and improve. And the way I would describe it is on time. I thought Seattle did a good job mixing up their pressure packages. And you saw him escape the pocket and create plays off schedule uh, multiple times on Sunday. I think he's in a spot right now. Going into New England, I'll say this. I needed to see more from him. Coming out of Seattle, I know the fans aren't going to like this. There's seven games left. I don't have to make a full-blown decision on what he is as to whether or not he's going to be the guy moving forward. I still got seven weeks to decide that, but based off of what I saw against Seattle, if Josh Allen or, or, or Dak Prescott or Kirk Cousins or one of your favorite quarterbacks played the way he has the last two weeks, we'd be talking about it on a national level. And I think you're starting to see him get that type of attention. The one thing I will say, pump the brakes. And when I say pump the brakes, it's not a negative thing. AJ, I know you've been going hard on Twitter about (laughs) we don't have to make this decision yet. It's not something that has to be made right now. But I think all four of us can agree with saying this. This three-game stretch is the best three-game stretch we've seen at quarterback since Kirk Cousins. So it's it's only a small sample size still, but I think he's well on his way to earning that job in 2024. So, look, what what you're saying that, bro, like – the the Kirk Cousins thing, right? So I had wrote a yeah. I was just researching like off the top of my head after we did our podcast, post-game podcast on Sunday. And and I'm like, um, bro, like he had I'm in my head, I'm like, bro, he had three three straight 300 yard games, bro. That's crazy. Like, and I'm like, I'm like, who who has done that? Like, who has done that in recent years of Washington? So I'm just just generally going back every single season, like, okay, this quarterback didn't do it. 
this quarterback didn't do it. It ultimately adds up to 10 quarterbacks or 11 quarterbacks who didn't do it. And then the last person who did it was Kirk Cousins in 2015, where you're talking about a person who, um, uh, and, and Sam Howe, who has done something that no other quarterback has done for close to eight, uh, pushing up, pushing on 10 years, really. Um, for eight years, no, no other quarterback has done here in Washington. And um, I don't think that the feat of like 300 yard passing games is is one thing. Um, like that number is just a number in, in terms of like you, you don't know like did they win the game? Did they lose the game? How did those right. 300 come by? Like all that stuff is is important context. But at the same time, for those who are here in the moment, his 300 yard games was purposeful. It wasn't yeah. bullshit. And and then he has four on the I think four on the season. Um, and I think there's. There's probably hold on one second. I got the number. I got the I got it right here. Um, so Alex Smith has done it three times in 18 games. Um, Case Keenum twice, Dwayne Haskins once, Taylor yeah. Heineke one time in 26 games, and Wentz three times in eight games. So you're talking about 98 games um since since Washington had moved on, and there's only been 10 games where a quarterback is thrown for 300 yards. And Sam Howe has done it four times in his first season as a starter. And, and I think every single one of those games, except for – like you can argue about the, the Chicago game because they were trailing every single point of that game. But these last three is, is talking about a person who was really keeping you in it with his arm, literally. And, and I think that's the more impressive thing when you think about exactly what he's been doing. And that's why I was like, yeah, since Kirk Cousins, Brad, like it's, it's really been uh, something I- that you think about. Can I ask this though? Because my man in the bottom third right now has been beating this drum. And I think AJ, you get a bad rap because folks look at your commentary on quarterback and say that you're being negative. I think you're just speaking to the unspoken thing that a lot of us feel internally, right? This fan base, this organization has been so starved for a long-term answer at quarterback that when we see Sam, I'm still at the point and I'm look, I get paid to do this. We all get paid to like I still don't know what he is at this point. While I know I've seen him put together three back to back to back really good performances, if you had to ask me what Sam is moving forward, the one thing I will say is the ceiling, or excuse me, the floor over the past three weeks definitely is raised. And I think the ceiling, you know, in a nutshell is raised as well. My thing is this, AJ, and I hear where you're coming from. We're basing Sam's quarterback play based off of what we've seen here the past 20-plus years. What about the other franchises that haven't figured out and are getting this type of play week in and week out, and their fan base is accustomed to seeing this? That's why I think the next seven games are so important. Me personally, I'll speak for myself and say this. With seven games left to go, I think I'm a lot. we're a lot closer to him being the guy than not. But in the final seven games, I think the big thing that I need to see is consistency on a down-in, a down-out basis. And we've seen that over the past three games. But for us to anoint someone, the long-term guy moving forward off of, what are we going in, a week 11, off of 10 career starts, is absurd. No one else in any other market is making these type of declarations about a quarterback after 10 starts. I understand the arm strength. I understand the physical tools that he clearly possesses. But the one thing I will say is he's got seven games left to prove it. He's facing a defense for the second time just twice in his career, getting to see the Giants for a second time. So how does he respond to that is going to be huge for me. I'm in his corner. 
I'm a fan first. I always say this. I want him to be the guy. But I think, AJ, what you a lot of times speak to is there a sector of our fan base right now that's willing to anoint this guy as a top 10, top 12 quarterback off of 10 starts, and really only four of them were good. I get what you're saying. I'm all in for how I want him to be the guy. But, AJ, I hear what you're saying. I'm all I hear what you're saying, too. I just need to see consistency over a stretch of play. And three games is a huge sample size. I will say that. I mean, I think – I think for me is like how many how many opportunities do you need to see to identify this person either has it or does it like yeah. either either they have it to the point where we can work with it we can build around it we can we can correct certain things or either they don't have it we can't even we can't even think about this as a foreseeable project development whatever the case you wanted to be like that that that's my thing. I, I think like some people are you are you asking this right now or are you like that's your overall I would love to answer that if that's what's being asked at the moment. What, what I'm what I'm saying is I don't feel like seven games going further in the season is going to determine for anyone, whether it be for the the person that might be watching from afar that's not actually in the building in Ashburn that could be running this team as far as making the decisions as a GM or whatever. I think that you kind of already know and you have your notes on said player. And you either know if you I agree with that. forward with this individual, you can repair this individual, or there's just nothing that I can do at all. Like, I think too many times – we see situations where organizations hire guys to try to repair guys or fix them up. Even here, Jay Gruden with RG three, RG three Haskins, RG three Haskins, yeah, and and it's not realistic to have those expectations. And I think that's where I'm coming from. Um, like we see all the things that are happening during the games, but seven more games, even one more game, is not going to change the fact of me thinking what I think just from how I look at talent, I evaluate talent. At the end of the day, none of us make the decisions for any organization. Ultimately, you know, there's some organizations, you know, for example, several years ago, the Chicago Bears decided to take Mitchell Trubisky over Deshaun Watson. <laughs> you know, every 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 organization evaluates things differently. Or even how we got the Jets. They continue to play Zach Wilson and keep trying to feed people that there is a there is hope that he could turn it around until Aaron Rodgers improves. Well, if you felt that way about Zach Wilson, you wouldn't have traded assets and, and did what you did to go get Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. So you already know it's like sometimes there's too much bluff in 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 things. And even with Ron, I think you know, his exit strategy is if he does become the starter for the foreseeable future, I can I can put my name attached to that and oh. say I'm the one that AJ, found I don't, AJ, AJ, I don't mean to cut you off. I say it on the radio all the time, so me saying it here is not anything abnormal. That is the most low testosterone-filled statement <laughs> that I've ever heard in my life. Are you kidding? When, he's, when he had the one-on-one interview hey, back man. with John Kahn back in August, and he said, you know what? If I find the quarterback moving forward, mail me my Super Bowl ring. If he ends up being the guy, like, come on, man. This is why we call him Titanic. This is why I say the things that I say. It's almost like 
And when you look at the decision-making at quarterback, y'all, does it not feel like this is a guy that's playing it by ear, so to speak? There's never any type of plan at quarterback. It's just you're, you're, you're doing what feels right in the moment. Like, and I don't want to go back on this, but it all has, it all plays a part in the overall big picture discussion. Their, their plan at quarterback coming out of a sneaky wild card berth and providing the eventual Super Bowl champs their biggest challenge all offseason was Ryan Fitzpatrick. We realistically were rolling into a season with Ryan Fitzpatrick as the end all be all answer at quarterback. I think those decisions really encompass what Ron and company have thought about quarterback. He, the, the old saying is the, the broken clock is, is right twice a day. Yeah. With him choosing Sam Howell, part of me is like, yeah, you were the guy that made the decision. So you should be afforded the time to watch him grow and develop. But at the end of the day, has he answered the question as to why he didn't play at all last year when you were getting bottom of the league quarterback play? All of a sudden, he woke up one day in January and says, you know what? This guy's the guy moving forward. I think that they're, they're, this staff's ability and how they got to Sam Howe, I think, paints a big picture as to how we view him and why people like me are a little bit hesitant to give him the keys to the franchises because it's like, Bro, you're here by accident almost. You didn't do anything throughout the year last year to make this staff confident enough in you to hand you the keys. The most ridiculous thing to me, after 11 career completions, he got anointed the starter moving forward. <laughs> and people look at me and say that I'm tripping when I'm like, yo, I wonder what Jacoby Brissett could have been in this offense. I love that he's playing well. Obviously, he looks like a better option than Jacoby. But to me, the plan from Jump Street is flawed, and I don't think Ron should receive credit for this kid working his ass off and Eric Bieniemy working his ass off to make a scheme yeah. in which this offense looks like a top twelve unit every week the last month. Yeah, so, I mean, so. I think I think for me, like, there's nothing wrong with the plan changing, right? It's don't don't try to make it seem like this was your intentions from, from the jump. Right. Even like today, I hopped into space. Conversation, of course, was about Sam Howe, you know, Washington, D.C.'s favorite child at the moment. And <laughs> it, it, it was it was based around the fact of, I guess, the reason why he didn't play last year versus why he was given the opportunity this year. And I'm like, Sam Howe, the player has not changed. Like, y'all, hey, I don't mean to cut you off at all, bro. Last year, he has not changed from last year as far at as all. his talent to this year. It's more so the opportunity. It's the fact that the coaching staff doesn't coach up everyone. They're just coaching up the starters, and that's why you rarely see any movement as far as trying to put new blood into lineups. You, you never really see those adjustments unless someone gets hurt. I mean, Linnell, if I'm not mistaken, you were at training camp last year. And I said, AJ, I don't want to cut you off, bro. And I'm not trying to call out anybody that I worked with. This is just how I view it, bro. I'm a young cat. I'm new <laughs> around the area. So, like, my word sometimes doesn't carry the weight that a Grant Paulson's would carry. And I just had Grant on the show. I love GP. He knows the game. He was on the beat. I came in after the second or third week of training camp practice last year and said, Sam Howe, out of all the three quarterbacks, has the best combination of arm strength and accuracy. 
You remember the, the reports that were coming out of camp last year? Carson Wentz one-hopping balls to guys during yeah. routes versus air. It was very apparent. And it's wild because people was defending it. I was like, yo, that's Come crazy. On, man. Like you can't you can't just like sit here and just turn a side out to that. That's problematic. <laughs> from the get-go. I mean, I'm, I'm and getting and I text from his teammates. Like, yo, about Sam. This and dude folks are it. looking at me like I got two heads, bro. And I'm like, it's it's very and I understand everyone's got a different level of, of where they've played and what they've seen in terms of up close in person of quarterbacking in the NFL. But as you said, if I have one guy that's one hopping routes versus air and another guy that's completing every pass in that scenario, isn't a light bulb going to go off in my head and say, you know what, maybe he's a little further along than we actually expected. And then I go back to this about why Ron and company should get no credit for drafting Sam Howe. Mm-hmm. They went two or three rounds with him being the highest player on their board and they chose not to take him because they're worried about the ego of a $28 million journeyman talking about Carson Wentz last year. It's frustrating. I I got, I literally got into it with Craig Hoffman. I was doing a weekly spot with him last year. I got into it with Craig about they need to play Sam at the end of the year. And I eventually ended up not being welcome on the show anymore. So I think it's super ironic (laughs) that Sam's now the guy leading all of this moving forward. Because last year, bro, and I love Logan Paulson. I love Craig. Hey, guys talk, with. talk your shit, no, talking, man. Bro. These are talk guys your that I shit, bro. Hold on. Hey, hold on. Hey, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I got you. I got you. Hold on. Hold on, Neil. Hold on, Neil. Hold on, Neil. Here we go. Watch this. Hey, you got the flow, bro. Do you all remember the narrative going into week 18 versus Dallas? It was that Sam's not ready. Sam hasn't shown enough to be the guy moving forward. Obviously, defense and special teams puts him in a better position in that game. But it was very evident from even watching that. He's got something that the other two guys don't have. There's a reason Kenny Zampezi was kept around. The biggest issue Sam had last year was a footwork problem. And I think that footwork problem resurfaced itself in the first seven, eight weeks of the season. That was part of the reason he was taking sacks. My thing is this. Anyone that's on this staff outside of Kenny Zampezi, who was a carryover from last year, you knew what Sam Howe was, and you chose not to play him because of Carson Wentz's ego and because of Taylor Heineke's ego. It's just frustrating to me when you look at this thing under a microcosm. And, like, yeah, Sam is playing well, but the reason I was against Sam from the from the get-go at the beginning of the season is because I knew his growing pains would cost this team some games at the beginning of the year. Buffalo is the number one example I point back to. If Jacoby starts the game against Buffalo, they maybe win. This Washington defense holds them to, to 16 points for 45 minutes of this football game, and Sam could never get it together. I think at some point there should have been a bigger head or a mature person in that building to say, you know what, Sam gives us the best chance to win last year, and if he gets five, six starts at the end of last year, he's a lot more ahead this year. And maybe someone said this last week, if Washington beats New York – and beat uh, Chicago, there were six and three going in the last week instead of the record that they had. So it, it's just something that we all are going to play hindsight with. But moving forward, like, I still am not sold on the kid at the quarterback position. But ultimately, like, you saw enough reportedly in practice and you saw enough through the first couple of games of this year to where guys so, were already making decisions on them. So and I perfect. feel like – yeah. So birthday boy, before you know, we let Dre give his input on the conversation. 
back to my question. You've seen him in training camp as a Washington commander last year, right? And fast forward to 2023 and playing these games. Does he not look like the same player as far as throwing the ball and the accuracy? So are you are, are, so AJ, let me ask you this. Because, because you that, are you, you, are you trying time. to say that he is the same guy? Yes. As as far as as far as hey, McCarthy, I gotta disagree as with you. About to, Brad, I just want you to know, bro. I've been waiting my turn for 10 minutes so got I can tell you how I disagree with AJ, bro. What everything that he just said. I've been patiently waiting. AJ been standing on what he was saying, though. But so let I, me let me I shout out, let me shout out Hawk because we got a donation, bro. Shout out to my man Hawk. Hey, he wearing <laughs> Oh, American Idol, bro. That's hilarious. Hey, Can I say this real quick? Real quick. I'm going to hop out. Hey, I appreciate you, big dog. Yeah, you got it. My thing was this, bro. AJ, I respect your opinion always, bro. And I think you go a lot of places that people are scared to go is what I would say. If you can't see the difference from this year to last year, then come on, bro. From a footwork standpoint, from an accuracy standpoint, I think it's more consistent this time around on a down-in and down-out basis is what I would say. Because we were all excited about what we saw against Carolina in the preseason. We were all excited about what we saw against Baltimore in the preseason. But if you don't think that looks different from this year, I point to the Diami throw from the Seattle game. I point to him not Jahan, even – him it, his it, ability it, to get Philly, out of pressure. On the road at Philly, bro. What's yeah, up? He's, his sense pressure is way better just from playing more snaps and this was my argument about last year. When they drafted him in the fifth round, you knew you were going to piss Carson Wentz off. When Carson got hurt, damn Taylor Heineke, bro. I'm going to the guy that I pissed off my $28 million quarterback about. Give him the shot. That's why I don't give this regime credit because, excuse my French, they didn't have the kahunas to say, you know what? Carson's hurt. Let me go with the guy that we actually drafted, used capital on, and pissed off our marquee signing with. So there's that. Hey man, I know what time, how much time we have for you, bro. So I want to make sure that you're good. Um, I'm good. I, I'm gonna be listening good, too. I'm about to get some more Casamigo in me. I'm feeling good. Talk to me. But when this glass out, I, I ain't refilling. I got another show after this. I can't I can't be too hit. You know what I'm saying <laughs> I ain't even hear from Dre yet. AJ hey, been going crazy. Let's get let's get to, this is well, why me, I wanted to come on was a talk to AJ, man. Let me AJ let me say one thing, on and then I'm a, I'm gonna swing I'm gonna swing to you, Dre, because I I just I've been wait I've been waiting this whole time, bro. Look, um, here's my thing. We asked about like if like, so AJ asked a general question: How long does it take for somebody to know, or or a team or organization to know that they have the guy? Like, what does that look like? And and I think, um, honestly, the I think the honest answer is as long as it takes. So long as that person that you're invested into or looking into is developing as the weeks goes along, the only people that's going to know that are the people that's in the off. I mean, that's 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 on the team that's working with this person day in and day out. They're going to know. But for for Sam Howe, like if you're seeing growth from a week to week standpoint, or learning steps or 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 small steps from a from a week to week standpoint. Or even if it took weeks to get something down packed, like that is a form of growth. That is a form of development. And I think for Sam in his situation, when you're asking how long does it take for this situation, 
I think it takes it takes seven more games. Well, how, how many of us that they got seven more left in the season? It takes seven more games. And and if they're sold and, and they want to see more of them, it's gonna take 17 games next year to see how much they have and in that, Sam. That's the if, point, Sam if, Sam, if Sam Howe gets hurt Sunday and can't play for the rest of the season, you still gonna be like, I need those seven games back. I hear but, that, but but that's but we 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 all well, first of all we come, let's let's go ahead sir let's let me let me finish because let me finish let me I was I felt like I was on the road here so <laughs> so so all of that saying right like knowing knowing what it takes in the organization it's going to take it's it's forever it's going to take time like we knew that we knew that from the beginning or or most of us knew that from the beginning like you can't you can't go into a situation. With your your mind closed, as even as an evaluator or a coach, and saying, "Yeah, I don't think he is, but I'm gonna give him a shot." And then and then and then and then what? Ten games into the season, saying, "Yeah, he's still the same. He's still the same motherfucker from last year, like or the same motherfucker from college." Like I don't think you gotta go in this with an open open ear, and that's why, like what what Linnell said early uh, about Ron trying to like claim the credit for for what he did with Sam. Eric Bieni has worked his ass off with Sam. Sam Howe has worked his ass off to get better. And I think you see that on a down and a down out basis. This week against Seattle, what I saw from Sam, bro, I, I'm i going to say this to everybody right now. I think he left a lot on the plate. He left, he left, a, he left a lot of meat on the bone against Seattle, right? And still played good. And he's, it, bruh, he still played good. That's my – like, it's, it's crazy – to see that he still played good and he left a lot of meat on the bone, bro. When it comes to what he what he saw against Seattle, bro, and I think his main thing and how he how he uh really emphasized understanding like I'm going to take a positive versus worrying about hit getting a sack. And I think when it comes to now, and it's even crazier because he's learning how to like you can visually if you watch the tape, you can visually see him learning how to navigate the pocket and have like this sense of pressure this feel of pressure knowing how much time he has versus how much time he doesn't have. And, and when he sees like he drops back, sometimes you'll see that he has this feel where like, all right, I can sit in the pocket just a little bit. Let me go ahead and work through my progressions. I'm going to make this read. Oh, I feel this person uh, coming through the a gap or the B gap. I don't think I had that much time. Let me dump it off and let me make sure that B Rob or Antonio Gibson get a plate. Oh, I think I got some time. I got some pressure, but I know my coverage that I'm up against. So I'm gonna work this one on one, and I'm gonna see Antonio Gibson on the corner route, and I'm gonna I'm gonna try to fling this ball over there because it's one on one against a linebacker, and you get a touchdown from that. And I think for for Sam Howe, like recognizing the the growth from that standpoint is something where it's like, yeah, um, you're you're not talking about a person who's playing elite football right now, but you're also dealing with a person who is showing. Uh, every single week, or at least over the last three weeks, and now that it's a person who has who has tried and in and invisibly tried on the field to learn how to navigate a pocket, uh, learn how to feel pressure a little bit better, learn uh where his checkdowns are and use them. It's either that read ain't there or I'm gonna check it down, and yep. I'll live with that. But if I got more time, I'll work through my progressions, and and I think those are important notices of a person's development when it comes to Sam Howe, especially. Because that's that's something where you're talking about. It's it's impossible to sit here and say that he ain't he ain't moving or he ain't grown or or like how many games does it take? That's gonna take it's gonna take more time. Another thing to add, and, and I'll close out here. I don't know where Dre went because I was about to get him the floor. But the, the last thing I'll add is the fact that these three games were good. But guess what's up next? 
You still got San Fran down the line. You still yep. got New York down the line. Miami. Um, you still got Miami down the line. I don't. I don't know too much about their defensive front, but San Fran, New York for sure. Um, New York. Excuse me, San Fran, New York Jets, and New York Giants. Dallas um, twice. Who you struggle with? Dallas twice. Thank you. Like you still have huge tests for Sam Howell up front, and I'm not close. Like that's why it's like you, you're talking about seven more games. I'm I'm here for that. I'm not about to claim anything for him. But I need to see these last seven games because there's there's major tests for Sam coming up, and it's important for him to see those things through. Because if if he's a person who looked like against the uh, like like how he looked against the Buffalo Bills or even the New York Giants, now we're back to square one, and now people are, are starting to question again, like what is this person? That's why you wait. But I see development over these last three weeks. Can I can I hop out on this fella? Because I'm about to I'm about yeah. to. Keep how do you hey, how do you been the player? How do you I'm, about, I'm about to keep the ball on, but let me hop on. Let me let me give you the, hold on. Let me get you solo, bro. Here you go. What you we really talk. what we really need to decipher moving forward, and this is the the conversation that I've had with my colleagues at the fan of 980. After these seven games, you got to make a decision on this. Is it worth trading up and trying to get a Caleb Williams or a Drake May, knowing the capital you're gonna have to give up? Or is it a better decision to go, you know what? I think I've seen enough from Sam throughout these 16, 17 weeks to say that all these extra picks that we've accumulated, it would be better using those picks on him. And what the casual fan is not going to want to hear, and they're going to say, I'm jumping the gun. If you believe that Sam is your guy moving forward, you've got two years of control with him. You're entering your Super Bowl window. And people are going to say, oh, Super Bowl, this is the commander's. No, when you have a quarterback on a rookie contract like this and a contract that's so team friendly, you use the rest of your assets to build up the roster around him. And then you let him prove over the next two years whether or not you give him a deal that's similar to a Patrick Mahomes, a Jalen Hurts, a Joe Burrow. And I know we're a long way from that with Sam, but that's just some of the long term thinking this coaching staff is going to have to go with. If I had to make a decision right now, and I don't have to. If I had to make one right now, based on what I saw against Seattle, coupled with the Patriots game, coupled with the Eagles game, and then knowing how Caleb Williams has looked the past month, I'm rocking with Sam. Now, I'm not hell-bent on that. That's just where I'm leaning towards because a bad performance against New York sets me way back because it's like you're seeing this defense for the second time and you still couldn't figure out answers. That That's just kind of where I'm at with it. But I think, like we all know, we got seven games left. No one's making a decision right now. AJ, I don't know hey, where Dre went. I ain't gonna lie to you. Let the birthday boy uh, exit on, on that note, because yeah, if if I got to pick between Caleb Williams and Sam Howe, I'm <laughs> damn sure not rocking with Sam Howe. Right? <laughs> there's no I way you know. There's no way in fucking hell that I would do that. Like, but that's that's me. Everyone's opinion is different. I just think when it comes to Sam Howe, at the end of the day, overall, from outside of our opinions, our standpoints, our statements, whatever we do on the show, on public forums, that GM that's going to come in is going to let you know from jump exactly what they plan on doing. Um, you know, you'll, you'll get a feel for if they plan on rocking with Sam or they plan on not rocking with him. Uh, I think I think that when people touch on the rookie contract aspect, like you just did, Linnell, you essentially got one year to work with that because yep. after that one year, 
you have to pay him. He's not going to play on a final year of a contract. So it's it's like that means if a GM is taking an approach to build around Sam Howell, they would have to be the biggest spenders in free agency first day. <laughs> and that, yep. that would kind of tell you everything you need to know about what's going what's going on moving forward. Hey, bro, why, why my man disrespects you like that, bro? <laughs> hey, Ma, you crazy as shit. But my man, Hulk, bro. Oh, they call him Blue Nail. Nah, they names is just similar, but the to say you see how they try to do me man this is what happened when you're the youngest child they try to do you grease man that that's what they that's what they do to the young black voices out here i'm i'm gonna let you i'm gonna let you go there bro like what what i tell you this i think you know it so it ain't it ain't nothing new i say it to the public too bro like what aj kind of hinted to like bro that like how people how people approach you, bro, is 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 some shit that that really that really pissed me off because it's like uh, people ain't really appreciating uh, a new voice in a sense, but a young black voice in a sense, bro. Like like you got a lot going for you, bro. So I'm gonna say that on the show. Like keep that keep that in mind, bro. Understand that like you are in a space where a lot of people want to be right. Like a lot of people want to have that voice on on a on sports topics or or something where. Like they they need to they need their voice or, or their opinion to be heard and like you stand tall you stand ten toes and everything that you say and you back that shit up on Twitter you you don't change up like and and then on top of that if you do change up it's because you've seen something that makes you change your mind right like you you just genuine in terms of your opinion bro so keep that shit up man happy birthday yes, as well bro but but just just always keep like keep being you bro like none of that none of that none of them Twitter motherfuckers or, or even people who who come at your neck. On 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 them on them phone calls, bro. None of that shit real, bro. Like keep keep being you, bro. Keep keep being you, bro. Turn yeah. up the night, man. I appreciate I mean, y'all, I man. Look, I, I blocked out time it. just for y'all, man. Cause whether or not people notice, this is y'all platform in which y'all got going. To me, in terms of people that don't got the media push, this is the most raw, real shit you're gonna get. Cause y'all don't y'all fans of the team, but y'all don't have no no favoritism one way or another. You just calling how you see it, man. And I'm always going to respect that. Like, y'all respect my shit, man. So, for sure. Yeah, man. We definitely right. appreciate you coming on the show, providing you take time on your birthday to, to spend with us. You know, like like Maul said, you know, keep speaking what you believe in. At the end of the day, there's going to be some that agree with you, some that don't. But the beauty is you agree with what you say. You feel me? Like, I can never be wrong to me. Yeah, we always, <laughs> always going to have detractors out there that don't agree. But that's the beauty of, it, of having an opinion. You know, if God didn't want you to have an opinion, he wouldn't give you the right to 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 voice that, whether it be publicly or privately. I just think, uh, you know, some people are sensitive within this fan base, especially at quarterback, due to the what's the word, purgatory of having to yeah. witness all the these. I call look, I call it we're just a thirsty fan base. Yeah, yeah, everyone, everyone is horny pretty much for a quarterback. <laughs> like that's for that's sure. really what it is. Like. And you just get all these comparisons with guys that have already proven they can do it, lead their teams to Super Bowls, uh, consistent playoff bursts, whatever. But, yeah, folks is just, like, really anxious for that to be answered. I get it. I mean, I've been a lifelong uh, Washington fan, but I'm not about to just, like, say, oh, shit, damn, he got it. That's my guy. Exactly. <laughs> you feel me? Like, let, let's, let's – uh, 
you know, see how it all plays out. There's a lot of things that have happened this season that are uh, abnormal, whether it be from the way that Sam Howell was named, the guy to lead this franchise. To- Where is Dre at? AJ is so, I mean, Magic is so disrespectful, bro. Horny for Sam Howell, baby. No pause. No, no pause. <laughs> no pause. Hey, there's, there's no pause behind that because how y'all be in these comments and everywhere. Y'all AJ, you be getting this, man. I say it all the time, bro. <laughs> they be at you the hard. They be at you hard, bro. But yeah, man. At the end of the day, man. Enjoy your birthday, man. Wishing you nothing but blessings. Appreciate uh, y'all, man. A more prosperous year. Uh, keep doing your thing on the radio, or whatever you decide to do. And uh, hope you. Land I don't think I'm out of here, Maul, but I, I see yeah. you, brother. Ho- hope you land that role on that Tyler Perry movie you already dressed for. So. <laughs> uh, I didn't think you was gonna let me hey, have it. Hey, put them, hey, put them stunner shades in use, bro. Put them stunner shades in use, bro. That's all I'm saying. Man. Do the, hey, hey, stun on them hoes tonight, bro. Stun on them hey, time. You got, you got I'm, that. I'm popping off, man. I keep doing that. That's a no. That's a no for me, dog. Speaking uh, <laughs> of the Randy Jackson, look, the Randy Jackson goes crazy. Hey, handle your business, bro. We all let you, Lynette. I appreciate y'all, man. Talk to y'all soon. All right. Hey, bro. Hey, Hawk just messed me up because I'm over here. I'm like, bro, did I say his name right just now, bro? I, I thought I said Lou Nail. I had me second guessing you what I just said. You say Lou Nail. Who knows? <laughs> no, you, hey, hey side note, bro, you know Lou Nail has an OnlyFans page? Yes, I know. <laughs> I, I've been hearing her interviews, bro. She be on, like, the Breakfast Club at 85 South Show. I, bro, yeah, that's she disgusting. got a little, Whoever, a little freak, bro. Whoever is subscribing out, to that needs to be put on terrorist watch list. Like that is hey, man. She used to say she used to do uh what's that junk called? Like the little jail, jail uh uh pen pal things and stuff like that, bro. Like she used to she used to pull up to the jails and stuff, like you know what I'm saying? That she is, used to yeah, crazy. she used to get you, busy, bro. You need to be locked up if you subscribe how, to that thing. How how old is she, bro? I'm about to look it up because I gotta I gotta make sure that I ain't talking about like no no grandma. Yeah, like 55 or close to 60, bro. Oh my lord, she's 64. 64? Like, yeah, you need to be locked up if that's what you oh my lord, that's what you into. But hey, bro, she's 64, bro. Oh lord, that's disgusting. Yeah, I ain't gonna <laughs> that's disgusting. Hey. Consequent visits for the win. Hey, where is um? Hold on, wait. Where is he at? Hey, Yak, man. I hope we're not 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 that comment. I gotta scroll up a little bit more. Yeah, I hope you got your whiskey, man. Even if you did, if you took your shot already, take another shot for you for for your boiling there. We gonna make sure we get you on record, man. Just let us know you took the shot, bro. Um, get you a little get you a little whiskey going, man. Shout out to Linnell again. Um, look, man. Good conversations going on. Good vibes, hey, bro. It sounds like you said Linnell again. <laughs> yeah, bro. It's it might it may just be my it may just be my accent at this point. I I I, I peeped it. It may just be my accent, bro. Um, but look though, uh, PSN. Look, hey, let us know when you want to come on, bro. Fridays is I I've been I've been we've been talking. Fridays is a little rough. I'm pretty th- I'm pretty sure rough is, is 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 is. I mean, Fridays is rough for all of us on here. But just keep us keep us locked in. We maybe we could do another day, um, and figure that out. But hey, talk just talk to me, um. We, we follow each other so we can kind of link that in. Uh, appreciate everybody who's checking in again. If you haven't done so yet, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. Um, if you are on the audio side, make sure you give us a rating and review. Uh, we definitely appreciate that. Um, Sam, how that was a really good conversation, man. I had fun. Um, and I think another thing that really this is nothing to do with just Sam. I remember 
I don't remember exactly the, the specific topic that brought this up in my head, but um damn, how am I gonna think about this? Because it was it was a really good conversation that I heard. Um but I you know what, matter of fact, because I'm I'm gonna I'm be stuck on this forever trying to think of it. So I don't want to do this to anybody that's listening or watching right now. Um, all right, AJ, what do we think about uh what now that we got done with Sam, what do we think about uh that defensive side of the football, specifically um the decision to move or the decision to invest in John or back John Allen and Deron Payne as as the the staples of that defensive line moving forward. Um, I, I remember, so I haven't finished the full game tape of the Seattle game. And if you all watch, uh, weekly, at least we do three times a week, but if you all at least watch it one time, once a week or something like that, um, you all understand that I said the last two weeks before Seattle, the last two weeks, I didn't watch any defensive tape. It was all about Sam how I didn't give a damn about what this defense did. They suck. But I started watching today, AJ, and one of the things that really bothered me uh, was the fact that their line games up front were absolutely abysmal early on into the game. I don't know if it's gotten better as I'm watching. I'm only in the I'm only like towards the end of the first quarter. Yeah. But if 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 I'm if if what's going on in that first quarter is happening in second, third, and fourth, what? What exactly was Casey and James Smith Williams doing the four years that they've been here? That's that's my confusion. And the reason why I say that also, um, I think Ron Rivera spoke, what's today, Tuesday? Ron Rivera spoke on Monday. And he he spoke on the defensive line. And I'm going to pull that up as I hand the floor to you. But he spoke on the defensive line. And he essentially said to the effect of, you know, um, not that – they could be better, but he hinted to the fact that, you know, it's not that good right now. It it, it, it could really be better. Um, so I'm going to pull up his quotes right now, but but first game, uh, or excuse me, first game that I've watched since Deron, since Montez Sweat and, and Chase Young has been traded, um, it, it, it didn't look good in terms of their line games. It didn't look good in terms of, like, their cohesion between Deron Payne and John Allen and the edge rushers. Um, it was interesting to see that uh, Chase Young and Montez Sweat, who – predominantly played on uh chase being the right the right side and montez being on the left side chase casey Tuhill is moving on both sides of the football so i give you the floor what do you think about this defensive line two weeks after montez and chase i'm excuse me montez and chase have been traded um and i'll go ahead and pull up the coach that i was looking for i mean i think you're seeing a defensive coordinator that's ass. You're also seeing two defensive ends that are having to replace guys in Sweat and, and Young that are also ass. Uh, I think the linebacker play is ass. I think the entire defense is ass. Um, but it's like if you keep that same person within the fold that's calling the plays and schematically having to put these guys in positions to win, what could you expect but ass? <laughs> you know, we, we just seen Ken Dorsey, who has a top 10 offense, get fired because of last night's game. 
you've seen other guys get fired and you just keep putting out ass. Like Geno Smith, even with as you know of a roller coaster game that he had Sunday, he still threw for three, what, 43? 360, I don't even know, but he had a career 367, day. Gino. Yeah, yeah he had like a he had a career day as far as passing yards. You you aren't getting home. Your linebacker play is being affected by that, and also your back end secondary wise being affected by it. Everything starts in the trenches. Like that's on the offensive side of the ball and defensively. If you're not getting home, you're not creating havoc, you're not getting guys even scared or the thought process of having to get this ball out quicker because this is what's going to happen. I mean, what what are you fearful of? Like Geno Smith had all day back there and the, and the Seahawks got a makeshift offensive line. Like they got a lot of injuries that, that took, that has taken place over the span of the season. And even in that game in particular, they had to bring in 41 or 42 year old Jason Peters to play right tackle. Like, it's just a poor scheme and the arrogance and the ignorance to the fact of not letting this guy go in Jack Del Rio. Like, I mean, not only has he been asked as a coach, he's been asked off the field as well. And it's like nothing will let him go. Like nothing will be the reason of him being dismissed of his job. But it's like we continue to watch this guy force feed the fact of trying to rush home with four realizing it's not getting home and still not doing anything. That's just arrogant to me. You're on the sideline. So I know your players are talking to you and telling you, hey, I think we should do this. I think we should do that. And you're not even taking their suggestions to heart. You just keep force feeding your message. And yet we got a narrative and a model being spread to the entire team to do your job. Well, when are the head coach and the DC going to start doing their job? Because Jack Del Rio and Ron have been here for four years, and the defense that they oversee, that they hands-on have been a part of and have, have invested a lot of capital in assets to is further behind than the offense that Eric Bieniemy has only been running since April of this year, 2023. If we keep it in the buck, the offense is way further ahead than the defense. I mean, and, this. I think. I think at this point, it's it's shown to be true that the offensive has come further along. Um, but I also want to say one thing, and this is a side note, so let's not kind of go down this lane. But if you think the offense has been further along than the defense, I think that's a no to Sam Howell, who's the the person who shares the the heavy percentage of 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 the offense. Like he's he's responsible for it. Like you you saying this to you? Yeah, I'm saying this to you. Like nah, that he that has, shows. If if anything, it speaks more on Eric Bieniemy as a coach. No, as a no, teacher. bro, no, bro. Don't don't make me don't make me have to sit down and, and argue this, bro. Because you listen, can, you can listen, still, you can hey, still hey, give, listen, you can listen. Let me say one thing, bro. Let me say one thing, bro. Let me say one thing. Who is the person? Who is the person? I got you, bro. Who is who is the person? If you're saying that like the offense is further along than the defense, right? Like the there is a a, a key cog on the field. Is where I'm getting at. There's a key cog on the field who shares primi- the the majority of the the responsibility for how the offense flows on a down and down basis because they only pass it seventy percent of the time on a given Sunday, and that's where I'm saying like on the field, Sam Howe is 
a large part of the responsibility. And it's not just Eric Bieniemy. I agree that Eric Bieniemy and, and, and what he's been able to do is further along than Jack Del Rio. But you can't sit here and sit here and look at this offense and say, all right, yeah, Bieniemy's further along, but I can't even acknowledge Sam Howell and the per in 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 the reason why this offense is further along, like he I'm, is leading the offense. I'm speaking on from a coaching standpoint, right? First, and then if you want to get to the Sam Howell thing, of course, but there's other parts of the offense that deserve that credit too. But what I'm saying from a coaching standpoint, from holding guys accountable to being able to be flexible, like if certain things aren't working, you're doing in-game adjustments, you're doing adjustments the following week. That's that's more what I'm referring to. I'm not saying that Sam Howe, Jahad Dotson, B-Rob, Gibson, Terry, and even the guys on the offensive line don't deserve credit for that. But just from a schematic standpoint and head coaching leadership-wise, like if EB can get that out of an offense that's all learning a new system, like it wasn't just Sam Howe learning this system. It's also Terry, Jahad Dotson, the Logan Thomas of the world, the Charles Lenos, the Cosme. Everyone is learning that system out there besides a Pringle and a uh, Andrew Wally because they've been in it before. He deserves a lot of credit for that. And it also shows his ability to be a teacher, to be a leader, and to also try to get the best out of what he has in front of him and being flexible. Like, I mean, there, there's a reason why we also seen Josh McDaniels lose his job with the Raiders is because he wasn't listening to his locker room. He was too obsessed with having things his way and it being done his way instead of being flexible to the strengths of what your team have and listening to those guys. So I wasn't discrediting Sam Howe. In that I, I just wanted I just wanted to make sure that we we acknowledge it. You good, bro? Yeah, um, yeah. I wasn't, and, I, wasn't and, and I mean, he play, he's playing quarterback. Like we all know, like. How how things work? The quarterbacks gets the quarterback gets the credit for the wins and the losses. Like, but from just a coaching standpoint, that speaks volumes as far as leadership. And if that person was able to have a voice of the entire team and build out their roster, it it, it I'm pretty sure this team would be more competitive and, and be better overall. That's that's what I'm getting to. If you can make a difference from an offensive standpoint since April of 2023, whereas these guys have been here for four years, guys have been playing in the system. They've been able to put first-round picks into the mix, second-round picks, third-round picks, free agents, and still not get a consistent defense and, and be competitive, there's a problem. That means guys ain't getting coached. Um, Yeah, man. Uh, defensively, uh, my main thing, because I don't – I don't disagree with what you're saying in terms of like moving on from Jack, but I think the larger conversation would stem from uh like think about it like this, AJ. You've been calling for <laughs> this season, because we all you know you know how I feel about Ron, you know how I feel about the staff, right? But this season you've been calling for Ron and them to get fired after the Buffalo game. Um and like that was, or I would say this way, that was your first public notice on the podcast where you're, you, you know, you had your name out there in terms of firing them. But I say that to say this, um, this isn't like, I think we're past, in my opinion. So I guess I would want to get your thoughts. 
I think we're past the point of really even like wondering why they haven't been fired yet, right? I think you look at the Buffalo team, and, and I think they see a sense of urgency, right? The Buffalo Bills, and they fired Ken Dorsey. Um, and, and I think that they are – whatever their decisions are, it is what it is. I don't think that uh, – you know, I think – I, I don't think that Sean McDermott is like in trouble or in the hot seat or anything, but I think that he's reeling right now. He's just trying to find like an answer to, to, to appease his ego um, or whatever. I also think that they could have just, I would have, I would have went a little bit harder trying to figure out how to keep Dayball around. Um, a head coach is a head coaching job, um, whatever. Besides the point. You you look at these guys and you see a sense of urgency in terms of their hiring or, or their coaching staff and, and, and making decisions. Um, you know, the, the Raiders, uh, you look at their situation, right? And, and you're trying to figure out, not you literally, but the people in the fan base are trying to figure out, like, why is Ron not fired yet? That doesn't make any sense. Um, but then you think about, like, there isn't a situation in Washington similar to, to Las Vegas. Like, who in Washington has behaved to the extent of some of the Raiders players. I can't remember where I heard this these quotes from. It was a it was a person on a podcast, a player. Oh, I'm sorry. It was it was on Nightcap with Chad Johnson and um and Shannon Sharp, where Chad Johnson said he didn't he talked to some of the players in Vegas and he didn't know how bad it was until he talked to them. Like they all said whoever he talked to, he said they all said they wanted Josh gone. Like it was bad in vegas bro and he wasn't a good leader he wasn't a good coach he wasn't anything good for that organization um and and you think about these situations in buffalo you think about these situations in vegas um josh josh harris you know he took over a team where he said early on that you know he wasn't really geeking to make any moves like in the season right he was willing to give ron rivera a whole year um, and, and I would imagine that extends to his, to his, to his support staff, his coaching staff. And that's kind of where things get tricky because if, if it's, if it extends to a support staff, like Ron Rivera at the end of the day, like there is no GM in there yet. You can make a decision from Ron Rivera's side. You can make a decision to say, I'm not firing Jack. Also, that's my man's a hundred grand. I'm going to keep my boy around. If we fi- if we get fired, we get fired together. Like, what, what I'm going to look like firing my mans and thinking that I'm going to use him as a scapegoat? I ain't no Bama, bro. I'm, 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 a, I'm a real man. Like, I'm going to do what I got to do. Um, and, and I'm going to make Josh Harris make this decision. Uh, so, like, again, like, that's kind of how it lines up. So, so when I think about things like this, right, I don't know if, uh, if Josh Harris is really geeking to, to – to fire anybody right now, I, I am very open to the idea of somebody possibly losing their job after a game against Dallas or after the bye week um, or during the bye week after the Miami game, right? I think those are very real possibilities, especially if things turn out in a, in a losing fashion with even one of those teams or if they get blown out against either one of those teams, because you have a mini bye week after Dallas, and then you have a full bye week after uh, Miami. Like those are the things that matters here. I'm not over here like counting the counting, or excuse me, wondering why somebody hasn't been fired yet. 
I'm over here in a situation where it's like I'm just counting the days till it happens, if that makes sense. Like that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, I mean, I think uh like you compared the situations, Raiders locker room to Washington's locker room, like and with the Raiders, they got a lot of veteran players, whereas with Washington, they got a lot of younger players that haven't reached their second contract. I speak on that quite often. They don't feel comfortable speaking out. Uh, let, let's say like the outburst that Jonathan Allen had with J.P. Finley. Like, I'm, I'm fucking tired of this shit. Seven years. He can do that. He's been paid. <laughs> you know, like he has a hefty contract where you can't just easily move on from him or tried to shade him in the background and not owe him his bread. Um, I think that the players definitely rock with Ron, but I think from a schematic standpoint, they know that they're not being put in position, but no one really has has been able to step up and, and maybe voice that it's time to move on from this guy. Maybe that happens with more losses. I don't know. I, I really don't anticipate at this point anyone getting fired uh, during the season. But you just never know if you keep getting your ass whooped and the next televised, uh, nationally televised game is Thanksgiving when everybody's with their family is pretty much the the second most viewed uh, period of NFL football besides Super Bowl. You know, maybe maybe that changes, you know, like I have no clue. At the end of the day, this defense is performing uh, as I've expected Ron and everyone that came from Carolina and his crew will no longer be a part of this organization at the end of the year. And regardless, there's no saving his job, nothing of that nature. I just think that, you know, we're all intrigued by what this could possibly look like uh, as far as defensively um, being called by someone else. The unfortunate part is they don't even really have like someone that you could really peg in as a, as a defensive coordinator or who has about that too. Like, that's that's cool. another issue. Like the staff, the staff is constructed in a way where there's really no competition for these jobs, which could have been mean, which could we know been about Antonio Pierce being on the staff though. Like not literally us, right? Yeah. I'm I'm saying I'm saying like the public, the general public. I know Washington Commanders fans aren't really thinking about a, a Las Vegas Raiders roster, but I'm saying like there I'm sure there can be somebody on that defensive staff who can be like, you know what? But the Pierce, players really Pierce, rock with these guys. Pierce called plays. He was the defensive coordinator, if I'm not mistaken, at Arizona State before taking this job with the Raiders. So at least he's, he's done it. But either That's way, man, the defense ain't, ain't cutting it. We know what it is. Uh, it just sucks that now they added more holes to what, what they already have going on as far as like cornerback, linebacker, and now you need two pass rushing ends. And even today I seen a uh, Nikki, I don't know how to say her last name. <laughs> Javala. Javala. I seen her say that they had a, a workout with, with Terrell Lewis, who's from Alabama. Oh, for real? And uh, he's, from, he's from the area. But he I they drafted no, him. Yeah, the Rams drafted him. But he don't have no Ben. So it's like, I don't even understand their <laughs> – I don't even understand – how they want to utilize their defense. And it almost feels like Jack Del Rio is trying to play a 3-4 in a sense because, like, none of these guys, even when Chase and Sweat was here, had But that's what the single is. is. The single is that 3-4. Say that again? 
No, I'm saying that's what that's what the single is. The single is a three four. Yeah, but it's like if if you want that to be your base, go ahead, dial it up. You feel me? But they have no bend. They're they're just gonna hold their edge at this point. They're not going to get to the quarterback. <laughs> so that's precisely. It's, 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 it depends. Sometimes it could be a three four. Some sometimes they stand up on the edge, but they're not always standing up. But point being, yeah. So I mean, it is it it is what it is on that front, man. I wouldn't even waste my time looking at the defensive footage. Uh, no, nah, I, I gotta do it, man. Quan still out there, um, and, and I think there's a couple people like I told I told you all, and I'm gonna stand on this. Uh, I still think that uh, Jamin Davis is something here. I, I don't think that again. I, I've, I've said it again. I, I don't think he's an elite player. I just think that he's something that you can keep around. And, and I'm interested in Jamin. I'm interested in Quan. He's had 22. I think he had like 20 something snaps against the Seahawks. So uh, I, I may just focus in solely on his snaps um and look at those snaps but uh yeah i don't disagree with you aj like my i told you my main thing is is all about sam howling that offense um but at the same time i think there's some people and i, I actually now that i think about it because my main thing when i look at this defensive line and, and we don't have to have a whole conversation about this it's just an observation right like i don't and, and we've been saying this. It's a reason why I'm interested in. I was interested in moving John Allen from on the trade line, trade during the trade deadline. Like it's not that he sucks, but it's like, I, and I, he doesn't suck. Like, let me just flat out say it. He doesn't. He's not a bad player. <laughs> but it's like, bro, like, like I don't, I don't have anything from from him on the interior that suggests to me that he is like. Think about it like this. You ain't never seen you ain't never seen Cam Hayward take a year off. You ain't never seen Aaron Donald take a year off. Um, who are some other interior defensive linemen? Like, and I'm not saying in a literal sense of like, you know what, I'll put in my work, but like the effort, the intensity, like I that's what that's what I don't see. And 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 maybe people disagree with me, and I'm cool with that. But like I've had those questions throughout this season, and I know we we knew he had an injury early on, but we also like when was the la- matter of fact? Let me look. Like when is the last time he was on the injury report about his injury? I don't know. I, I would have to take a look. But I, I just think that for John Allen, um, I don't think that he sucks. I don't think that he's a bad player. I think that he's a good player. Um, but I also think that there's been a a significant dip in terms of how he's played this year compared to his last two seasons and that's that's where i'm like all right bro like this this is something different yeah i mean i i definitely if if i can give a quick little projection before we get up out of here i think john uh jonathan allen gets traded um like during oh yeah because we talk about it in the off season yeah off during season. the combine period i think he gets traded like that's just that's just what i see i like i had told you privately uh, from my NFL uh, PA records, he has no guaranteed money remaining on this contract. So if that's the case, you're going to try to get some guaranteed money. They could want to keep him around, uh, depending on, you know, the rapport that he has with the GM and how they view it. But he's easily a, a, a piece that you can move and you could possibly get what didn't Leonard Williams just go for a second round? Uh, Yeah, I think he went for a first. Bro, I ain't gonna lie to you. No, even yeah. second or first for sure. Yeah, you can get you can get some type of trade back for him, and you know keep paying, and you can bring in other guys to fill in that role at D tackle. Uh, there's a lot of kids within the draft that you could get. 
or you could sign a guy. Um, yeah, I mean, I put out some tweets out there, like, I guess we'll get into as we get further along the season uh, and, like, they truly get eliminated from playoff contention. But, you know, even the new GM coming in, I would not spend a dollar in free agency on offensive line. Like, that pool, that pool of players that will be available are not good. Um, I think in, in this opportunity for this GM – They'll get to move some pieces around, get more assets, but also be able to spend a lot of money and and improve this team. Like, who, who's to say if they don't get a Daniil Hunter or Brian Burns at defensive end, if you could pair them with possibly a Payne and, and Allen, things look a bit differently. Like, I don't know, man. I think it's a great job for whoever's going to uh, be interviewing for this GM position, but I think there's some conversations that you got to have with yourself in regards to a guy like Jonathan Allen, do you keep him in the fold or, or not? And maybe even for himself, maybe it's a conversation he's having with himself internally. Do I even want to do this? Like, <laughs> do hey, I even seven wanna... years of the same shit? I ain't gonna lie to you. I I, I get it. Like, I, I get it in terms of what you're saying, AJ. Like, I get it. Seven years of the same shit. Like, I don't I don't blame you from for having that 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 thought of like, is it worth it? you're you didn't you didn't put in seven years you didn't put in like three three quality years um i know you was hurt in 2017 um and i you was hurt i think in another year too but um like you put in some really quality years for washington and and like it's your decision to make (laughs) hey (laughs) first of all hold on i'm sorry um, well, man, I appreciate the, the donation, man. Offseason is going to be lit with Harris instead of Snyder. Time to hire a GM and let him hire a head coach, like a real team for change. Um, one thing I learned for sure, and I'm not going to sit here and act like I thought that this was the truth or this was my opinion when it happened when Ron got here. But one thing that we've learned at the very least, Will, out after this four-year period with Ron, is that the head, the head coach or this coach-centric environment or this coach-centric approach was always BS. Um, I think that we learned that after these four years, but also I think if we had um, this perspective back then, uh, it would have saved us a ton of stress knowing that this coach centric thing was not going to work. Um, and it definitely wasn't going to work around Rivera. Um, I appreciate your donation uh, as well, man. Um, but yeah, off, off. Look, man, I think you missed it earlier where somebody, my man Hawk called him Lunel too, bro. So I had to make sure I had to make sure that people know what <laughs> that you was talking about a 60 year old since you're only fan star, you know. <laughs> All right. OK, Um, I think that's going to wrap it up for us, though. Like, I don't like I said, I don't disagree uh, with much of what you said, AJ, especially on that defense side of the football. Um, John Allen, Um, it, it's, it's it, it comes a point. Um, I'm interested in seeing what this all season is going to look like here. Uh, but at the end of the day, like. I, I'm I'm here. Like I, I don't I don't see that that same effort from him. Um, not in a disrespectful way in terms of like him quitting on the team, just just general effort. Like I don't see that intensity. Um, but then at the same time, Deron Payne, uh, I think he only has like one and a half sacks this year. Uh I didn't expect eleven, but I also didn't expect one and a half after 10 games. So there's that. Um all right, that's gonna wrap it up for us. We are going to be back on Thursday, man. Um, I think we need to try and get a guest on because who the hell, who in a right mind want to preview the Giants game? AJ, like that's gonna be 
<laughs> God bless. But we're gonna be here, man, because we thugging it out, bro. Uh, all thirty-two, all thirty-two is gonna be up tomorrow, seven p.m. Eastern, um, on on the on the YouTube channel with uh, Nick, Rick, and Raph and myself. I appreciate everybody who's tapped in. Uh, Jay Tyler, I seen you tapped in as well. I appreciate you checking in. Magic, I see you as well. Um, and everybody that has been in here throughout the show, uh, like, subscribe, all that good stuff, rate, review, all that good stuff. Uh, that's, we're going to catch you on Thursday, 7 p.m. Eastern, man. We up out of here. Peace. Damn, set, huh. Watch him throw the ball. We're going to pick it up. You're going to let him hit the hole or you're going to cut it off. You're going to play through fourth and long or you're going to punt it off. Your defenders have you hit us. Put your pads in. Don't be looking for the ref to throw no flags in. Keep the helmet on. Keep the cleats tight. You the type to want to win by any means, right? You should look alive. This is Trapper Dive.